Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Picked up by McKinnon, but he's stripped by Edmondson. Abs get it back into the corner. It goes for Landeskog. Top line doing work with two minutes and 40. Five seconds left in the third. Landeskog got away. Far side, Gerard walks in and shoots. He scores! Sam Gerard sneaks in behind everybody and roofs it to put the abs on top three to two. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast, morning after edition. Adam Gold will be joined by Brian LeBlanc of Canes Country in just a couple of minutes. Uh, This was a game in which Carolina did not get what they deserved. It wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, They gave up three goals. Nothing perfect about that. Uh, But the Hurricanes were, in my opinion, significantly better than Colorado tonight. They won in almost every phase of the game except... On the scoreboard. And of course, scoreboard this time of the year matters the most, so nobody should feel too good about it. Uh, but there's a lot to take to the good from this game as they embark now on a six game road trip, although it's a little disjointed in that they will play in Montreal coming up Saturday night, which for most of you is later on tonight. And uh, then they come home for a few days before going to Philadelphia on Thursday. To resume, and while it's six games on the Eastern Conference, um, I I don't think we should lower expectations for this team. Uh, I think Carolina is a needs to win games. Obviously, it's Captain Obvious stuff there. Uh, but I think they can and will win games on this road trip. I th- I think there's a, there was enough in this game to pull out of it and say that do that more, and they'll win plenty of games. Uh, they, again, from Montreal, come home for a little bit and then go to Philadelphia, but they've got the Islanders, they've got the Devils, they have the Penguins for the first of four games between now and the end of the season. Amazing uh, that the Hurricanes have yet to see the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. So that first goal was uh, the game-winning goal by Samuel Girard uh, off an unfortunate set of circumstances. Yes, Carolina had lost kind of their shape, if you will, uh, they had four of their five skaters all the way on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the far side of the ice. Uh, Jacob Slavin loses his, uh, uh, his loses his stick. Otherwise, that puck's uh, not going to be an issue. Um, and then Andrei Svechnikov, who do, had kind of a tough night defensively tonight. Uh, Svechnikov uh, lost control of his man. His man is Samuel Gerard, uh, the high forward. And that's in that situation has one responsibility, and in that case it was Samuel Gerard. Uh, so obviously that did not work out to Carolina's favor uh, but man there was a lot of good in this game and a lot of bad in this game too uh, the, you know all three goals that Colorado scored were direct results 
of giveaways or mistakes. The first goal, Jake Gardner uh, stumbled around with the puck on his feet at his feet. Uh, Tyson Yost, jo- Tyson Jost picks it up. Uh, he beats Anton Forsberg, who was otherwise good tonight. Twenty nine saves, thirty two shots against. Um, so you had uh, the first goal was a giveaway. I thought Carolina was good, arguably. Uh, probably a little bit better than Colorado. Maybe it's an even period. It was Carolina's worst period, and maybe it was an even period. Uh, but they're down one nothing, And in the second period, same thing. So many scoring chances to get and couldn't get one. And then I turned to Alec, and we watched the game together in the booth here. Um, and I turned to him, and I said, you know how this period feels. Uh, Carolina keeps coming, 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 coming. And then it's a mistake and all of a sudden, it's 2 nothing. And a few minutes after I said that to him, it happened. Uh, and it looked like they were going to get the puck out. And Svechnikov gave the puck away at the blue line. He couldn't get it out. And uh, Hayden Fleury and Brady Shea, who were the, uh, as it turned out, the second defensive pairing, uh, they uh, were a little bit up the ice. I guess they assumed, you know what happens when you assume, they assumed the puck was going to get out. It didn't get out. And uh, ultimately, that was that. Um, you know, Forsberg left alone again with Tyson Jost. Jost went 36 games without a goal. 36. Officially, that's a lot. What can you do? Uh, the Hurricanes kept the Nathan McKinnon line in check pretty well. Uh, really thought that, I mean, I, I don't think it was entirely the Aho Svechnikov Teravon in line, but it was a lot of the Aho Svechnikov Teravon in line. Uh, Nathan McKinnon did have six shots on goal, but I don't think he, I mean, he's a great player, arguably, you know, one of the two or three best players in the league right now, but I'm not sure that uh, that line wasn't really outplayed by Aho, Teravonin, and Svechnikov. I thought Teravonin was very good, Aho was great. Uh, Svechnikov struggled defensively, but they created chances. So many opportunities. Odd man rushes in the first period. Teravainen, uh giving uh, giving up the puck when he's when he has it alone on the goalie in the in the high slot to pass uh, you know to Aho who was deep in the corner. I didn't understand that. Svechnikov and Aho come down two on one, and it looked like Andre maybe got brain lock there. Uh, never passed the puck and ended up uh, hitting a trailing. Teravon in for a shot that just wasn't as dangerous. They just have to do better when they get these situations, but uh, they were really good. Uh, that line was really good. Brady Shea was really good. I thought Hayden Flurry was really good tonight. Uh, there was a lot to good, uh, and I am not, you people understand, I am not a silver lining type of guy. I didn't think they were good against Dallas. I said so. Uh, I thought there was some good in that game, but they were not good enough in that game. They were good tonight. And you do this again tomorrow, rather Saturday night, and uh, they'll beat Montreal. Do this, play this way in Philly, they'll beat Philly. This is, a, this is exactly the way that this team should play. Of course, Colorado is a team that kind of allows this to happen. So when it gets a little bit more difficult, we'll see how Carolina can handle it. You, but do you want good? I have good. And I thought all along that this would be a thing that could happen even down two nothing, going to and sometimes the, the choice third. is a little bit more difficult now. Svechnikov off the body, up top. Aho, the outside a one timer, shoulder down. Francis, they score on the rebound. Table Terabinen 
with a blast. Maybe off Ian Cole out in front. Andre Svechnikov was there too. So that's the Taravainen goal. Uh, they just needed a break. It was a blast on a one-timer from uh, outside the circle. Uh, it looked like it hit uh, Pavel uh, Fransos in the mask and kind of fluttered up in the air. And then Svechnikov battling in front of the net with Ian Cole. And it rolls off Ian Cole's stick and in. And then two minutes later, Taravainen is at it again. Edmonton to the outside. Little wedge by Ajo. Here come the Kings through center. Near wing for the chance. Taravainen. He scores! Tavo Taravainen! Two quick strikes. 12.05 left in regulation time. The Kings have tied it. Great play by Ajo to wedge the puck out. Slavin gets it up to... Taravainen, who beat Fransos kind of low between the pads. And 2-2, the arena was electric. And it was very, it was, you were well within your rights to think, yeah, no, you know what? Carolina's been better all night. They're going to come back and they're going to get these two points. Just didn't work out that way. I do think that Colorado played better from that point on. It was not as one-sided an affair from that point on. Carolina was better, but uh, I do think that uh, it sort of evened out a little bit. You know, in terms of uh, games in hand and points over NHL 500, uh, the Hurricanes are still okay. I mean, they're actually still, if you look at uh, you know points over 500, the Hurricanes are still in a postseason spot. Uh, but what have I always said about games in hand? They only matter if you win them. So you have to get uh, get a road trip going. Uh, in the right direction. Uh, we're going to take a, uh, a short uh, step aside. Brian LeBlanc will join us on the other side. This is the time I remind you uh, to subscribe to the Morning After podcast, this Kane's Corner podcast. It's all in the same family. Uh, if you want to give us a rating, awesome. If you don't, don't. It's okay. I've never rated a podcast. Uh, I will say that if you subscribe to it, it shows up on your phone automatically. You don't have to worry. Warn, huh, did Adam do one today? Well, I almost always do one, uh, so that's what I'm looking for. Subscribe, enjoy it, it's for you, the Hurricanes fan in all of us. Brian LeBlanc, Canes Country. Follow him on Twitter, at BD LeBlanc, my friend. I loved Carolina's game tonight. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel bad. I, I feel sometimes, like after the Dallas game, we all sat here, and I think we all said, yeah, it was good, it wasn't good enough. I mean, bad luck. Couple of bad, you know, couple of turn turnovers. Three posts. That's bad luck. <laughs> yes, a three, force field around the you're net. Right, three posts plus one that goes two inches wide off of the goalie's skate. I mean, how about the five hole? Svech goes five hole and it gets the back of his leg or something. And well, that's one of the posts. But, right, right. But he beat the goaltender. So anyway, um, I hate being that way after a loss because at this point in the season, it is entirely about results. Um, but I can't help but think that that effort will get them more than enough points between yeah, oh yeah. now well, and April. It, whatever. In the Metro, it's anyone's guess. If it, if right. this wasn't the if this wasn't the division of death this year, I would absolutely agree. And, and you know, I asked Rod Brindamore about this in the press conference after the game. You know, he was right on the money by saying you will take that effort ten times out of ten yeah. and live with the consequences. Yeah. 
But we are now, well, we're almost into March, would be if it wasn't a leap year when you're listening to this. So <laughs> happy birthday, Cam, Cam Ward, Ward, by yes. the way. Yes, we all thought of it at the same time. The same time. <laughs> so what is Cam? Cam is like uh, uh, I believe seven? He is, I believe he is nine this year. Nine? Yeah. Cam nine? Yeah. Happy birthday, Cam, wherever Looks you are. much older than nine. I know you don't like to say you look older than your age, but Cam does look he's, older he's, than He's nine. the reverse Benjamin Button. So we, <laughs> so yeah, you, you take that result, but- this being almost March, how much can you really take it? Because you, you need points. One way or another, right. you need points. The Hurricanes were done a favor tonight. Columbus lost. That helps. They lost at home to Minnesota. And badly. I mean, looked look pretty nothing, bad. I think, yeah. yeah. So you take that, but you've got to get something out of these games. And now they're looking at a six-game road trip that is in many ways very similar to the one that they had in December when we kind of thought that was almost a make-or-break point, and they went 4-1 and one on that trip. They get 10 four points. 4-0-1. Oh 4-0-1, oh yeah, the thank only you. The loss was the overtime loss in Vancouver, right? They get nine points out of this road trip. I think they're okay. This is a tough road trip. It's not going to be easy. And then they come back the, the last day of the road trip. They come back here the next day to play the Penguins. So... You know, who are the Penguins? Yeah, I know. Really? Some, yeah. Honestly, who are the Penguins? Some team. Yeah. So this is this is the kind of game where you need results to match up with the effort. The effort was absolutely there. And if this game is in October, we're not having this conversation. Right. But it's March. And unfortunately for the Hurricanes, this conversation matters because yeah. this is the time of year that they need points. And whether they come in an ugly garbage game or they come in a game that looks like this game did, doesn't really matter at this point. They need them one way or the other, and how they get them is irrelevant. All right, um, I want to be, I want to be fair. I want to do the for every one negative. Mention two positives. No, wait. These are people. You, you the listeners are not my children, um, but I do. Nor, wanna... nor are they sports radio consultants. But continue. <laughs> a little uh, bit of inside baseball there. Po- it's a podcast, right? I know. Right. I know. Uh, we have. It's a captive audience, <laughs> Brian. I don't know. These people have no. They're in traffic. These people are in traffic. There's no on a Saturday. They're yelling. Uh, yes, even on okay, a Saturday. Sure, sit in line at the WRL soccer have you field. Been sitting to on Perry a Chick Fil A on a Saturday morning. Have you been to a Chick Fil A any day of the week other than Sunday? Yes, at Thank lunchtime. You. I try to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's just start with the first goal because I really I, I liked Carolina's game throughout. I thought the first period was probably their weakest period, but I still thought it was an even period uh, with Colorado, and they were the better team by far the rest of the way. But that first goal, it's indicative of just Jake Gardner's year. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's a puck at his feet, and he, I mean, I know he wasn't drunk, but he looked like a drunk man stumbling around for it. Uh, and then it's Tyson Yost. Jost? Jost. It's not Yost? It's not Yost. Jost. Ned Yost, former <laughs> Brewers manager. Tyson Jost. Colin Jost? Stop it. Tyson Jost, who has not scored in six games. 36 games without a goal. He gets two tonight. Um, but it's, it's just so deflating when you go through two, two periods. But that first, that was just indicative of Jake's night. And you look at the time on ice, uh, and that was a, I think the kids call it a harbinger. Because mm-hmm. uh, Jake Gardner played less than 13 minutes, lowest TOI. On the blue line. And I think that, yeah, what you said about it being just kind of indicative of how his season's gone is right on the money. If that's, you know, any other player, he doesn't, you know, lose track of where he is and get pickpocketed. But 
that's the way that his season has gone. And unfortunately for the Hurricanes, you know, they can kind of hide behind Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pesci when they're in the lineup, but he's exposed out there for the world to see right now. Yeah. And, you know, those mistakes become even more glaring. And, you know, it's fortunate for the Hurricanes that it seemed, you know, two games in, but small sample size. But Brady Shea seems like he's fit in really well over these see, two one games. Of the positives I was going to bring up. You, already, okay. you, you dropped the positive in here. Uh, well, get the positive after the negative. Well, I, I'm, I'm I should have done a positive first. I'm trying to ad- I'm Bad trying parenting. to advance the conversation because how many Bad more parenting. ways can we pile on Jake Gardner? I mean, well, we, we're, we're, we're we retreading really the same path again, right? I did call him. He looked like a drunk man. That's uh, that's not that's not fair to uh, Jake Gardner. I like Jake a lot. He struggled. Uh, he struggled tonight, and then Rod limited his ice time. Uh, here, the, the weird thing is that I actually think that you know we're we're coming off a stretch where Gardner has probably played his most consistently good hockey. I wouldn't call anything he's done this year great, uh, but he's, he hasn't been what he was tonight. No. Um, but this was, this was October, Jake Gardner. Yeah, but Trevor Van Riemsdyk has, for the most part, played very well when he was playing with Jacob Slavin. I think the, the common denominator there is playing with Jacob Slavin mm-hmm. helps you play well because Joel Edmondson against Dallas was sort of a disaster. Yep. But tonight, playing with Slavin, there was a lot of Joel's game that was good tonight. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, he wasn't uh, he wasn't a liability. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't the standout defenseman. I thought that Shea especially was really good, and I know I keep coming I back. Was, uh, he was we're going to ta- talk no, no, about no. this. We're, but We're transitioning to good. There you go. But, yeah, Edmondson was fine. Slavin was Slavin. Shea was outstanding, I, I really thought. I really did. And TVR was, you know, Nondescript, which I, I think for him is a compliment because, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's just, they need him to munch minutes and that's what he did tonight. So, you know, fair play to him, as the English would say. All right. So um, let's talk about Brady Shea here, who did get an assist on the second Teravine and goal. And like you tweeted, could have had or the six over I mean, these two games. Dude, could have he could have six, easy six points, yeah. right? He had two great scoring chances on his own stick in the game on Tuesday against Dallas. Uh, and in the first period, he created back-to-back chances. Martinuk off the post, yep. Nino Niederreiter right in the dead slot, and he hits, uh, what, Franco's glove. I mean, Shea's been good, and he was good in his own zone. The only hiccup was on the second goal when he and Fleury got, you know, caught where Jost, Jost got in behind them mm-hmm. uh, after the Svechnikov turnover. Well, that's along the, the thing. Wall. They right. were they were expecting the clear that never came, and when it didn't, it kind of left him exposed. Right. I'm not going to hang that no, on the defenseman. The would old, be nice, but you know, nobody short of probably Jacob Slavin, who would take three strides in from the blue line and you know just tap the puck <laughs> away, um, is going to make that play. I'm not going to hold that against the two of them. No, Shea seems like he fits in really well. I saw a comment I think in our game thread that he, he he I think the Hurricanes play a different style of game than the Rangers and this style of game kind of fits Shea's game a little bit more because it's up tempo in the same way the Rangers are but the Rangers were very are very direct with how they handle sure. the puck and you could kind of see that with Shea he was entering he was skating into the zone every single time I don't think he dumped it in once and that suits his game really well to be on a team that does that very well and you can kind of see him already fitting uh, the style that the Hurricanes want to play, and that's going to come in really handy for them. You know, there's no telling whether Brett Pesci will be back or not. 
Hamilton's more than likely done for the season. Maybe they get him back if the play if a theoretical playoff run goes long enough, but right. I doubt it. Um, well, I mean, probably would have to be round two. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If, yeah, uh, if there's a round two, I think you could see Hamilton. Yeah, um, and who knows what Pesci's plans are? I mean, the the team hasn't announced anything yet, other than he's out long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't had surgery yet. No. If I had to guess, I'd say he was probably doing, and I've, I mean, I've speculated about this before, exactly what Calvin DeHaan did yeah, I think so. a year ago, trying to figure out, you know, all right, if it, how he can get around it and try right. to get back as quickly as possible. If yeah. they can manage pain and if he can at least, uh, you know, get out and give them 16, 17 minutes a game, they're mm-hmm. better if he can do that and he can, you know, they can protect him. Uh, and then when the season's over, go under the knife. Go see a doctor. Yeah. Um, but look, I, Brett, you know, this had to be hurting Brett. I actually walked downstairs, uh, went downstairs in the elevator with Brett. Mm. And um, you you could tell, man, Brett, this, this is killing, killing him. him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can tell. Killing him. Um, how much better would, and I'm just also thinking a little bit about Brady Shea next year, right? Uh, so your if your top four is Slavin, Hamilton, Shea, and Pesci, it's pretty darn good pretty top good. four. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's young, it's really mobile because Shea is an outstanding skater. So mm-hmm. it gives them it gives them an opportunity. And I mean, Slavin Hamilton is among the top what five D pairs in the league yeah. at both ends of the what ice. We saw from Dougie this year yeah. it takes it to another level. Right, right, exactly. So if we get that Dougie back, and there's no reason to think we won't. Um, this isn't a, you know, it's not a ligament injury. It's not something that requires right. rehab. A broken leg just takes time. Um, it's, you know, it certainly sets up well for next year. The problem is they've got all this momentum coming off of last season's playoff run. And even if they don't make the third round, you know, there are going to be, there are going to be things set on the fourth floor if the Hurricanes can't pull this off and you know make a run the way that they did last year you, just to get in. You and I are in the same on the same page with regards to that. I thought going into this year, making the playoffs should have been priority one. Yep. I'm not going to get into personnel decisions that may that may get in the way of that, uh, but that to me was priority one, which is why I was excited that they made moves. Now, basically, what they did at the deadline really just brought them back to zero, right? Okay. Right. But Given they had, what they had lost, getting exactly. back to zero was a win in exactly. my book. Exactly. And their defense isn't as good as it was pre-Dougie and and Brett injury. Well, no, but the defense last year wasn't as good as it was this year with, you know, Dougie taking the next step and, right. you know, having Pesci and, you know, Slavin playing at their usual high levels. So, what, you know, so what when after you lose Pesci and you're looking at your defense going, all right, we can bring up, Jake Bean or somebody else from the minor leagues. And Bean's, Bean's had a great year, and every, everybody I've talked to says he might be the best defenseman in the AHL, and that's all great. But he wasn't going to come up here and have an impact. He needed an NHL defenseman. Now, if they can get Sammy Votnin back in, in, uh, in the lineup and it gives him, A, another right shot mm-hmm. uh, and some options, hey, um, right now I think we'd know who would come out. I think, well, if it's not, we'd it's pre- it's pretty, have some questions. It's pretty simple who would come out yeah. at this point. Um, you have to take a left shot off the ice, and there's no other left shot that really deserves to come off the ice. Agreed. So, um, so if they can get Vatanen back, um, he tried to skate today, not ready. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to play. Let's just say maybe not Philly, but 
midway through the road trip, mm-hmm. they could I get think gotten that's him back. About in line with what Don Waddell said on yeah. deadline day, uh, early March. I mean, the indication was always about a month, and I think the injury happened on February second or third, something it, like it that. It happened in the game on the first. Okay, they put him on IR on the fourth, retroactive to the first. So. Right, because they had to open a roster spot. Right. Um. So yeah. So you're looking at a four week injury that seems about right. And again, this isn't a this isn't a structural injury for him. It's a matter of pain tolerance, oh, it's, it's pain and, management, and, yeah. and, and and you know there's a there's a, there's a more pending concern, and that is being able to fit a swollen foot into a skate. Yes, um, but once he can do that, there's no reason to think it won't be any more than a couple of days. Why I can't think. he just wear a slipper with a blade on the bottom of it? <laughs> yeah, because that'll end well. Right. That's probably you're probably right. This is yours. You're very smart. Hey. Why, hashtag why, ana- hashtag why, analysis. Why Brian LeBlanc is uh, must, on cre- the, must credit Kane's country on the morning after podcast. Um, all right, Andrei Svechnikov struggled a little, little bit tonight, but man, they created chances. That line. Do you notice how how often we really didn't notice Nathan McKinnon's line tonight? I thought no. Aho nope. Svechnikov, Teravine, and were really good, even if they kind of wasted some opportunities, especially early. I said this in my recap, and it's worth mentioning here on a team with Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale McCarr, who could you know easily be a finalist for the Norris Trophy if not win the thing. Um, you know, bunch of other guys, Valerie Nikushkin, yeah. who's been a, who's been a revelation for them. It's Tyson Jost of all people that scores two goals. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, yes, you wouldn't like him to do that, but that's a testament to how well McKinnon's line was shut down because outside of, I think, one chance they had, it was a, it was a really solid um, defensive effort from that top line, which includes uh, Andrei Svechnikov at this point, and that's a, that's a change for Rod because he hadn't been at this point with, with Svech last year for sure, and even at the first part of this year, he wasn't comfortable with it, and now he's there, and, and as Paul Maurice would say, and good for him. You're quoting Paul Maurice? I am. Did, it, did, did that just happen? It did indeed. I plugged this in so you could just hold on oh. to this, Alec. Alec Campbell walked into the, uh, we'll just call it a studio. <laughs> Alec Campbell just wandered into the studio. That's how the joke starts. What do they call three people doing a podcast at the same time? Is this a dad joke? I don't know. I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> I assume that was a dad joke. It's not a minion. We tried to get a minion on the uh, on the show this week. We only got uh, to triumvirate. Alex, Alex, mic cover kind of looks it, like one. It is a troika. Um, a troika. <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. Uh, fi- final uh, final thing, and then we'll let uh, Brian LeBlanc do work. Um, and Alec Campbell can go home, uh, and I can do that too. Um, the farm beckons. Ryan Dezingle, I thought, was headed right to the to Wake Med. Yeah. And no, Rex, team sponsor. Oh, Come I'm on, sorry. Get it right. I'm, I'm, look, my, my, my kid was I'm not I'm not paid by the team. My kid was born at Wake Med. Fair enough. Um, Mine too. Okay, see? See? Um But then he comes back on the ice in the second period, and that was the fastest I've seen seen Ryan skate all year. Looking none the worse for wear. Was, like nothing happened. I mean, what was that? Oh, uh, bizarre, drugs. unexpected drugs. drugs I, I, I don't know. They don't let you use drugs no, anymore. I don't know, honestly. I, I mean, it looked for all the world like you know he'd blown out his knee or something like yeah. that. He couldn't put any weight on it going back to the locker room, and then out he comes for the second period like nothing happened. Didn't miss a shift. It was it was amazing. I, I actually know. I liked his game in the uh, in the set. You know, from the second period on. I mean, it's you think about 
like I'm not trying to cape up for Ryan. He's had a rough year. Uh, he had a good start, and then it just went away. Um, but Dezingle is used to playing. Like, who did he play with last year in Ottawa? He played a lot with Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you're playing with Stone and Pasha, Duchesne, he, yeah. and, and you're playing with a bunch of you know top six forwards, and now, I mean, all respect to Jordan Martinuk and Brock McGinn, he's playing on a fourth line, and Ryan, you're out there, give us some energy, possess the puck, you know, maybe just be a pest. And I'm, that's what he's being asked to do now. I'm still not convinced the Hurricanes know what to do with him in the sense that I don't know if they want him to be that pest. Do they want him to be a playmaker? Do they want him to... It's a goal scorer. It, it, well, but but is he, though? I mean, he hasn't been this... He hasn't been this year, but that's what his I, I realize that, but without that being a part of his game this year for whatever reason... I don't think they quite have a handle on what ex- what it is they want him to do if he's not doing that, and I think that's kind of affected his game to a point. I think he's been effective kind of in that, you know, annoying to play against type role, uh, where he's you know hard to hard to move off the puck along the boards. Um, well, that's but not his game. We haven't, but we, but it's but it's been effective at times. We just haven't seen enough of it this season, and. You know, the, the playmaking hasn't really been there. The scoring obviously hasn't been there. And I don't think they really know what to do with him at this point. So hopefully, you know, they can they can figure that out. But until they do, I'm not sure where you go with him other than just hope for hope for solid minutes and then go from there once you find something that clicks. Wait, you, you've, you've said before, Alec, that Dezingle's good from behind the net. On the power play, he's been, been pretty good back there. Yeah, I like his ability to pass from below the goal line. I also thought there were times early in the year when they had him on the power play kind of in that bumper spot in between the Uh rings where he was able to find some space to get open for passes. Um, I mean, that can be a tough area to play in. And he had an ability, I thought, to, to position himself in places where he could receive passes and get some shots off. Um, or 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 bump it back out for somebody else, but he hasn't necessarily isn't really played that role in a long time. Um, maybe that's just because he isn't scoring a ton of goals. And if you're going to be down there, then you got to be kind of right. dangerous, right? So or, or any goals, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, any goals. Uh, what is he now at 19, 20 games, something like that, without it, a goal? It's not quite that much, but yeah. it's close. I it's, mean, yeah, it's not Tyson Jost numbers, but it's Tyson uh, Jost just was named the NHL's first star of the week, right? Following up his teammate, the kid thir- th- right. thirty-six yep. games he came into tonight. Thirty-six scoring. That's all. Uh, it's officially a lot. Two hundred. Yeah. His two hundredth NHL game tonight. Yeah, I, he know, had, it? yeah, it was, and he has count them four multi-goal games, like, including uh, a hat trick against the Avalanche earlier this, or against the Lightning earlier this wow. year. Dezingle, I think, has it's it's been a struggle of a season for him, and. Um, I think that he is. Fr- That's understating it. No, I, I just think, I think that he is frustrated. Um, I, I think that he is inside his own head, maybe overthinking things a lot at this right. point. Um, he's like you said, he's been put in positions that he's not really accustomed to being in, like a fourth line situation. I don't think Ryan Dezingle thinks of himself as a fourth line player. I no. think he thinks. Nor of him, should he. I think he thinks right. of himself as a as a. As a you know, a, a, a top end scorer. Twenty six goals last year, twenty yeah. plus the year before. Like, but, I, but to bring this conversation full circle, Jake Gardner doesn't think of himself as the sixth defenseman either, and that's where we're at. Right. So he's the seventh defenseman, is what you're saying. I've, I just translated that. 
Thank you. So if Brett Pesci opts to not have surgery and he comes back towards the end of the season or when Sammy Votnin gets healthy, then I think that's the more likely. Gardner is the seventh. That's yeah. what you just call. You just call Jake Gardner a seventh defenseman. Well, at this point, isn't he? Well, yes, I mean, that's I, kind of that's kind of where we are with Zingle too. I mean, maybe not to that extent. Well, we just pulled it. You and I just pulled him out of the lineup a little while ago. Right. Didn't we? I was here for that. Right. Um, all right. We'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, Anton Forsberg was pretty good tonight. Yeah, yeah I liked him. I liked right? this game. I mean, I, I don't really I fault him at any of the goals. Well, nope. I, again, it's a scenario where you get put in some pretty bad situations. First goal. I mean, bad. The, the first goal is bad. The second, I mean, the third goal. But all three of them, really. I mean, you know, Tyson Jost gets behind right. the defense on the second one for a through ball from Kale, from Kale McCarr. Uh, it was a nice play, play by Jordan Stahl along the board. You know, I was, like, praising that when, at the time. You know, <laughs> Jordan Stahl throws Jost up against the board, and then Sveshnikov can't get the puck out. Kind of wonder if Hayden Fleury and Brady Shea thought the puck was out of the zone, so they had drifted yeah, up forward. Thought it was going to get out of the mean, zone. Yeah, meanwhile, right. Jost slips behind him and takes a pass, but either way, he's in a spot where, you know, it's one-on-one with Forsberg, and then on the final goal, you had all five Hurricanes staring at the puck, and uh, the Rupe hints of the avalanche. <laughs> all game uh, long, Sam Brian. Gerard. All game long. Samuel. Samuel Gerard. Samuel. Is it Gerard? Or if is you're going to do it, do it. It's Samuel Gerard. Samuel Gerard. Uh, oui. Even though he's a defenseman and Rupe is not, uh, gets behind. He's a heck of a skater. Gets oh, behind yeah. the defense and he's he's all alone. So yeah. you know, Anton's was, put in some tough spots, but that's the Hurricanes in 2019, it 2020. It, it's it's get, it's getting a lot of good. Shots and a good opportunities, but also giving them up on the other end, and that's why you know the Hurricanes they can they can create opportunities on the offensive zone in their sleep. They roll out of bed creating scoring chances, but they also roll out of bed giving up great A's. All right, they're uh, they're going to Montreal. I said it. I said today was a must win. Tomorrow's a must win, or today is a must win. Yesterday was a must win, and they didn't must win today because by the time people listen to this, it will already be today. Uh, so tonight. Is a must win. You're making my head Montreal. spin. Let's just let's just your head it. is spinning. Thank you. All right. Uh, thanks for coming in. No problem. That's Alec. There's Brian. Peace. Yes, this has been a fun uh, morning after podcast. Other than the fact that the Hurricanes didn't get any points tonight, but the scoreboard was kind because the Rangers lost in Philly and Columbus and lost. It at depends home. on how you lost Chris Kreider. Well, I don't want anybody to get hurt ever. I never wish injuries on anybody, Brian. See, I look at it like both those teams lost and the Hurricanes needed to get a win. Yeah, no. I, I, but I at sincerely least the, doubt that Rangers fans were crying crocodile tears when Brett Pesci got hurt. Just saying. Well, those are bad fans. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, do yourself a favor. <laughs> if you know what's good for you, uh, subscribe, uh, download, uh, at Alec Campbell 5 on Twitter, at BD LeBlanc on Twitter. Kane's country. At a gold fan, because he won't say it himself. Yeah, I don't, but it's hard. They know where to reach me. Good night. You've been listening to the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Kane's Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. 
Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.